Thank you for listening to Roots and Wings, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. I'm Jonathan Newland, the director of Kids Central TN. On this episode of Roots and Wings, we're going to take a little break for some of the heavier topics we've discussed on the last few episodes, from the pandemic to racial injustice in America. So today, we're highlighting a program in Nashville that aims to address our city's early literacy deficit. The program is called the Blueprint for Early Childhood Success and is a collective impact initiative bringing together partners from a corporate, philanthropic, community-based, and education-focused organizations. Now, the organization now leading this program is the United Way of Greater Nashville. Christian Bugs and Renee Dillard, both with the United, United Way of Greater Nashville, join me now. Thank you guys both so much for being guests on Roots and Wings. Thank you so much for having us, John Quill. We really appreciate the opportunity to kind of elevate the work of the Blueprint and to specifically highlight Grade Level Reading Week and just some different resources that community members can use to support literacy in our community. And especially now, Christian, it's it's a it's imperative that parents kind of think about how to keep their kids' minds moving, both in the summer months and also because, well, kids have been out of school for a little bit longer than normal this year for, obviously, other larger reasons. Um, so my first question for both of you, Christian and Renee, you guys can kind of jump in when you feel like it, but can you tell me a little bit more about the Blueprint program and why it was formed in the first place? Back in 2017, our then mayor, Mayor Megan Berry, and her education team decided to kind of highlight and focus uh, on coordinated enrollment for pre-K. We wanted to make sure that we were increasing quality standards, that we were engaging the community in, the, in a way that made them feel empowered and supported student growth. Uh, but with the transition of mayors, I think the blueprint was kind of birthed um, to 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 talk about early literacy from birth through third grade, because what we what we know are a couple of things. Students come into kindergarten across Nashville and 30% of them are already one grade level behind. Students come into first grade and there are about 40% of them that are already one grade level behind. Uh, right now, as it stands, less than 30% of of Nashville third graders are reading at grade level. So what we've got to do is make sure that we aren't just focusing on MNPS or the school system, but that we are really wrapping our arms around families as soon as a child is born, you know, making sure that we are engaging in two-gen literacy supports, making sure that we are elevating opportunities for the community to get involved and support early literacy. And we know that if we build a strong enough foundation in young people early on, that they will continue to thrive for years to come. So it's not that we want to ignore middle or high school needs, but we know that if we can focus resources and stop working in our silos around the city, that early literacy and, and our youngest learners can be impacted very heavily. Well said, Christian. Thank you so much. Renee, is there anything you wanted to add to that as well? Uh, I think Christian did a beautiful job explaining the history of this work. I think something that was really important for us taking ownership uh, at United Way was to, to really honor the people who have been a part of this work for many different iterations. So um, we have members of our work groups who were doing this prior to Megan Berry, who continue to lead the charge under Megan Berry, again un under Mayor Briley. And so it's so important for us to wrap our arms arms around people who have been part of the work for longer than we have owned it at United Way. 
Thank you so much, Renee. And, and Christian, I want to go back to some of the stats that you pointed out regards to just where our youngest learners are when they go into either kindergarten or first grade. And the fact that, you know, those even going into kindergarten are already a little behind. Um, can you talk a little bit about or do you believe the fact that if parents are reading to the, or speaking to those young learners or young minds so early, does that make any kind of difference uh, in, in, in your work or that you see? Oh, for sure. It certainly makes a difference. And I'll make this a bit personal if you don't mind. I have a two-year-old. I have a toddler. And as soon as he, you know, as soon as we found out we were pregnant, we were excited. But aside from looking for a pediatrician, we had to immediately start looking for daycare options. Then once we found our daycare, you know, found a daycare that we felt comfortable with, we had to start thinking about how we would be tracking milestones. When you go, if you're, you know, if you have a, a young child, you go to the pediatrician for their shots or for their wellness checks, and they typically give you some basic milestones that check in with regard to eyesight or uh, hearing, but very, you know, very few times do you see anything about academia or, you know, literacy. So having having parents feeling empowered and comfortable asking questions and knowing where to go and how they could best support their kids is just always helpful. But when we talk about um, just reading the students, that helps and that's a great start. But you have so many parents who don't feel comfortable reading themselves that maybe they had some gaps in their own learning growing up and um, don't, don't really know how to best support their kids. So with through the blueprint work, we want to make sure that no parent feels uh, left out, that no parent feels disenfranchised and making sure that they uh, have that they have a strong literacy or literate literacy rich environment in their homes. So uh, there's just so much that I could say so, so much. But yes, it does go go beyond reading to them. But that is a great first first step. Uh, we've also partnered with Bookum and a few other area um, organizations that provide access to books because we know that having a home library and a text rich environment for children is a, another great component. R Renee, what would you add? Oh, I would just piggyback off of that by saying, um, as we go out into the community and talk with our immigrant populations, um, we always emphasize that when we say read at home, we mean read at home in your native language. Whatever language is uh, most used at home or is easier for you, that uh, is quality early literacy, and that's not always the narrative that our immigrant communities are given, um, that using their native language is okay in the home, and it, it really is. Thank you guys both so much for speaking to that. Now, I, I understand that one of the main goals of this Blueprint program is to double the number of students who are reading at grade level over the next five years. And besides that main goal, could you guys please talk about um, some of the big main focuses of the program? I know there's six. Can you talk a little bit about what those are and uh, dive a little bit deeper if you wouldn't mind? Sure. So once we decided as a community to pull the blueprint together, like you mentioned earlier, it's a collective impact initiative, meaning that the community is really expected to drive the work, to drive the strategies and to help implement it. And that the backbone team and the other large uh, partners or partner organizations are expected to do some fundraising to be able to mobilize the strategies. So we had we commissioned Lipscomb to do some research and they looked at other countries, other cities around the country and developed a framework with six big pillars big buckets of work. So we start with the birth to age three space. So what happens as soon as a child is born until they turn three? How do you support the family? How do you, again, support two-gen literacy? How do we have a, a very focused approach to supporting our immigrant communities or communities for whom English is not their first language? So birth to three is the first bucket. 
The second bucket would be anything around daycare and pre-K. How do we make sure that pre-K providers, that daycare centers, early learning centers, all feel comfortable, you know, inviting families into their, their space, but also make sure that they have professional development that's offered, that they have staffing that is equipped to work with students, no matter their, their level of um, academic attainment or literacy or whatever supports they might need. So the, the second bucket of just is just pre-K. The third bucket would be MNPS because now mind you, this is a citywide initiative. So we are looking at supporting all students, no matter what route they go academically, but MNPS having taught or having uh, taught so many of our students, we try, try to focus on MNPS and how we as a community can walk alongside them. That's really it, just making sure we partner with MNPS in every way. Uh, the fourth bucket would be chronic absenteeism. Now, this is one that tends to get overlooked sometimes because it doesn't seem like a very big deal. But if a student is missing just 10% of days, that's 18 days of school, 10% of time out of school, then they are considered, considered chronically absent. That impacts the type of funding that cities and states get, that impacts, of course, the learning environment for the child. So we want to shed a light on chronic absenteeism and begin to kind of curb that. Uh, the fifth bucket would be just the out-of-school time space, what happens before school, after school, and over the summer. And uh, I'll put a pin here and remind everyone that the blueprint was developed long before we had tornadoes or COVID. So it's just much more important that now that we as the blueprint staff or as a community really wrap our arms around what it looks like to support students uh, during this out of school time space, because it, the reality is whether we have a virtual or in-person start to schools, many students will need other supports outside of that school building because they won't even be able to step in. So that's just another bucket. And then the last bucket is just to raise awareness around the city. How do we make sure that anyone who wants to volunteer in our schools or with our students, anyone who wants to become a teacher or a staff member, anyone who is just in any way concerned with children or their, you know, their future, that they have a, a space and that they know that they have a space in supporting the work. As Christian just mentioned, the, the Blueprint program was launched and formed and talked about long before our current state of the pandemic, specifically with COVID. Um, has the last few months changed how you guys are implementing or looking at implementing this Blueprint program? Oh, definitely. Um, we have two really big initiatives that have come out of the Blueprint since it's been at United Way. Um, one was a partnership with the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee to grow their website, childcarenashville.com. Since the tornado and COVID have impacted our lives so deeply, we have added some new filters on that website to ease access of essential workers to quality child, high quality child care. So the website is designed to connect parents and families to open child care seats. It's bilingual. Um, you can search by distance from your home or other metrics that you're looking for, such as transportation or star, the star rating of the, of the, the school site. Um, and since we've added that button that helps connect our essential workers to child care, we have people whose centers were destroyed in a tornado, centers that have closed in the age of COVID, who have lost employees, and now they're able to find open seats at other sites for their children so that they can continue to go to work. Um, we also 
works very closely with Lipscomb Ayers Institute to design some free and accessible professional development for early childhood educators. So once you complete the professional development, you get six DHS approved credits. And also we have added a virtual peer learning community to connect teachers across the city, across the state, and we even have some out of, out of state participants. Teachers, teaching professionals can still have conversations with educators from across the state, from different types of schools. So an MNPS teacher can join a PLC and, and, and learn right alongside a teacher from Head Start. And so we're still trying to facilitate that community level growth in our early childhood educators and, and fill a need actually uh, in the digital age. Thank you so much for that explanation, Renee. And all of these resources, especially for the educators, is that found on the United Way of Greater Nashville website exactly? So these resources are found on the Blueprint Nashville website, blueprintnashville.org, I believe, and Christian, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, the professional development for early childhood educators is found on edutoolbox.org. So you can go to Blueprint and find your way to Child Care Nashville if you're looking for child care. You can go to edutoolbox.org and find the, the pre-K professional development that's free and accessible. Um, and you can come and join us and we can learn and grow together. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that information, Renee. Go ahead, Christian. I'm sorry, I, I was just going to say, I think so. I mean, I think so many of us who work in any, really in any aspect of life, we see two different organizations or two different sets of programming happening, trying to tackle one problem. And it's like, wow, if you two could just talk or if we could facilitate a conversation around sharing resources and pulling ideas, like how much further would your reach be? And I think that's exactly what we're trying to do with the with early literacy in Nashville. We're saying, you know what, we see you MNPS working hard. We see you alignment Nashville supporting the work. We see you Nashville Public Library. We see you mayor's office. We see you organization on top of organization on top of organization. Let's work together. Let's make sure we're in constant communication. So when I try to describe what the blueprint for early childhood success is to community members, I make sure that they understand that we are focused on early literacy, but I make sure that they also understand that we're not trying to provide any new programming. We're just trying to be kind of a hub uh, for collaboration, that we're trying to make sure that we are using our resources as best we can in Nashville and that we're, you know, we're utilizing the voices and expertise of those who are actually doing the work. Well said, Christian. Thank you. I know this program is obviously looking toward the future. And as our listeners have heard, this specifically is looking towards goals five years down the line. But can you guys talk a little bit about what this means for the work that you guys are doing right now? Ooh, so um, I really could talk about it forever. But the other part is that things just change so quickly. I mean, we sent students home in early March, not realizing that they wouldn't be able to say goodbye to their friends. And the same for many of us as professionals. You know, I haven't been, been able to see my colleagues or these experts that I've been working with for a year and a half, going on two years with this work. But the good thing, the, the, the silver lining here around COVID is that it has allowed us time to, um, to really engage each other in a deeper way because we're not ripping and running from one site to the next. I can roll over and send a text message or send an email to my colleagues asking a question. And the way that we've tried to further the work during the blueprint is maximizing our work groups. I can't stress enough that this is, you know, intended to be community driven. So we have a few different work groups. You know, Renee works with several. I work with a few and I mean, we're looking to stand up 
um, several more as, as time goes on, but we're looking to engage parents directly. Right now I have a parent work group of about 15 different parents, and we're looking to build that out and have maybe three or four working parent groups so that we're as diverse as we can be. We're hearing the different perspectives of families, um, and so that we're really moving the needle in a, in a very effective way, right? But we're doing the same with teacher pipeline. We're doing the same with staff development. I mean, as Renee alluded, you know, with the Child Care Nashville website, we're making sure that we're engaging daycare. So the work has not stopped, but it has certainly changed. It, it, you know, the way it looks or the way we're able to implement, um, it, you know, has maybe stalled in some ways, but accelerated in others. So I think in, in addition to making sure we're supporting Nashville families right now while we are, you know, safe from home, we also are preparing for what this looks like when we're able to see each other face to face. We don't know when that'll happen, but it will happen at some point. And, you know, heaven forbid we not be ready. Very good point. Renee, is there anything that you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I think our key word is flexibility. Two keywords, flexibility and adaptability. And the, the thing that we keep at the center of our work is just because we've moved to virtual platforms and virtual learning doesn't negate the core of the issue, that literacy is a huge issue for the city of Nashville and our students need us to come and support them. And so regardless of if we are meeting virtually or in person, those metrics essentially do not change. So now we're just thinking, well, how can we meet those student needs in their living rooms? How can we engage more of our community partners and wrap our arms around people in the community to bring resources to children in their homes? Um, the need hasn't changed. We are just stepping up and adapting so that we can meet that need wherever it may be. Very good point, Renee. And, and you know, I'd like our listeners to kind of also know this, that we're recording this uh, podcast kind of the same day as Metro Nashville Public Schools has come out with their um, their future go back to school plan and showing that students will not be in the classroom, at least for a little bit in the beginning of this year. Um, and I, the way you guys talk about it, and I can, I can only imagine, I know the students are probably wanting to see all their people and, and parents are, are wanting their children to go back to school. And we just have to, we have to be patient folks. We just have to be patient. <laughs> well, we're recording this, as I mentioned, uh, in mid-June, and that's a very special week here in the city of Nashville because we're observing the grade level reading week, which goes from July 13th through July 17th. So what kind of call to action, uh, Renee and Christian, what kind of call to action are you hoping to get out to the public? I'm so glad you asked. So again, driving home the idea that we are trying to be very collaborative. Uh, We're working with Bookham, the Nashville Public Library, uh, MNPS, and a few other organizations to offer a couple of activities. So one, NPL, the Nashville Public Library always engages in a summer reading challenge. So on top of urging all of our community members to meet the challenge, to just go to NPL's website and sign up, we are also offering a bingo board that has activities similar to that one. So we're on this bingo board, you, there are slots for you to donate to uh, organizations that provide access to books like Bookham or Imagination Library. We also provide different activities like reading the citywide book Dreamers and posting your reflection on it. Um, or getting caught reading by a young person in your family or in your neighborhood, making bookmarks with your friends. Uh, we've also have, we also have partnered with Bookham in a way that they have developed a homecoming style spirit week. Um, I can send you those updates, John Quill, so you can 
if you wouldn't mind posting that or sharing that absolutely but yeah. that activity sheet is so cute you know one day is pajama day so we're getting our pajamas ready in my family uh, <laughs> you know one day you're asked to bake something special so we're just trying to make sure that you know during this kind of chaotic and unprecedented time that we are reminding community members that school will go on that learning has to happen and with that in mind this is a way to prepare yourself to start thinking about how you engage with literacy how you engage with the young people in your lives and if you are a young person you know how you will prepare yourself you know how can you during this quote-unquote off season over the summer prepare for the fall and um you know and, and and be ready to give your best well said renee anything you want to add we have also partnered with an organization called bright by text they send developmentally appropriate text messages straight to your phone two to four times a week and that's for um prenatal so so second trimester all the way up to age nine so you would text keyword nash kids so that's in lowercase or uppercase it doesn't matter n-a-s-h-k-i-d-s to two seven four 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 eight every day during grade level reading we'll be sending out whatever the daily activity is through bright by text and they can get that tip strip safe tip sent straight to your phone um, every day of grade level reading week. Now, any day that it's not grade level reading week, Bright by Text will be sending out developmentally appropriate tips and activities that you can do for free with your child at home. So it's a great way for parents with multiple kids to get easy, simple activities to help their child learn and grow in the home environment um, during the week. They also send out really great information from the CDC on how to stay safe at home during the age of COVID. So again, you can text NASH Kids to 274448 and you'll get those great grade level reading week daily activities. You'll also get some really fun activities after the week is over to just to do with your kids at home. It's in English and Spanish and you can sign up as many children as there are in the household. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much. The blueprint for early childhood success truly feels like um, it's going to be a program that will help tremendously. I just did a story with uh, the governor's early literacy foundation and the story of trails initiative that they have across the state at state parks, being that, you know, COVID and the pandemic, I, a lot of, a lot, a lot of families are kind of getting out. So not only to our listeners, not only of all the resources that Christian and Renee have been talking about available, but there's more statewide. If you don't live in the Nashville area, there's there's statewide resources that are focusing on early childhood literacy. And, and um, it's so important. So, so important. But thank you guys so much, both Christian and Renee. Is there anything I did not ask that you want to make sure our listeners are aware of or talking about as we move forward? One thing that I would like to suggest is that, you know, community members follow us on social media with this, with COVID and all the changes that came with it. We are a much more tech savvy community. So please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow us on just, yeah, sign up on the website to receive the newsletter and updates. That way you can hear resources that come up. And specifically this uh, coming Monday, July 13th, at 5 o'clock p.m., we'll have national expert Ron Fairchild, who will engage in a literacy chat and talk about national data and what's, what's happening around the country that's actually working to curb COVID slide or summer slide. That recording will also be on the Blueprint website. Wonderful. All right. 
Well, thank you guys so much. Um, this has been another episode of Roots and Wings. And if you guys are listening to us, um, head over to our website, the Buzzsprout website. And most of the links that they've also talked about, I'm going to make sure and put in our uh, information center as well. So you'll have an easy access to all of this. But thank you to our listeners. And thank you so much to Christian and Renee. This has been another episode of Roots and Wings. I'm John from Newland. <laughs>